Radio Tools for Transformation. Now, quantum physics tells us that we're all energy vibrating at different frequencies, and in Good Vibrations Radio, we bring you information that allows you to change the vibrational frequency of your life. We are your source for everyday alchemy so you can turn the lead in your life into gold. Good Vibrations Radio is made possible through the sponsorship of Magic for Life, the promoter-producer of the Rota Psychic Fair. Now, the Rota Psychic Fair has been a constant in Monterey County for the past 35 years. Our last fair was October 21st and 22nd, and our next event is October 13th and 14th at the Monterey County Fairgrounds. I encourage you to sign up for the email list on rotapsychicfair.com and goodvibrationsradio.com so you can be notified about the upcoming events and not miss a moment of all the fun. Last week, we heard Joyce Muse from Pacific Astrology, who shared the celestial phenomenon for July and August in her Your Lucky Stars segment. If you missed any part of that broadcast, you may visit the podcast page of Good Vibrations Radio. The link is on the homepage right there of the website. And we'll also do a replay of the entire show next week. There's so much going on astrologically, we don't want you to miss anything. Now, for those who listen, you might remember that I shared at the quarterly preview on June 29th that I had pulled the Osho Zen Tarot card for July of Roman numeral 9. And the card is titled Aloneness. In a traditional tarot deck, this card would be the Hermit. But aloneness is much more than the hermit. It's a reminder that we don't need others in our life to bring out our light. Bringing out our light is our role. And the figure walking in this card emanates a light from within, reminding all of us to be a light unto yourself. The difference between aloneness and loneliness Loneliness comes from a longing for another, a sense of lack or a sense of absence. And aloneness comes from a sense of presence, a sense of cooperative contemplation. See, through aloneness, you connect your soul with your roles in the world. Aloneness is the full presence of self, the full expression of your light. So before we get into the show, let me tell you a little bit about me. I'm a speaker, performer, reader, healer, radio host, and author. I've been a part of the metaphysical community all my life, and my undergraduate and graduate degrees are in metaphysics. And this show shares a variety of metaphysical subjects offered by those who have explored those topics in greater detail. For those who listen regularly, you know I like to start each show with a reading from Day by Day, with James Allen. 
1903, James Allen published his essay, As a Man Thinketh. He chose the title from chapter 23, verse 7 of Proverbs, which says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It was described by Allen as a book that will help you help yourself. He wanted all of us to know that in your own thought world, you hold the key to every condition, good or bad, that enters your life. Your present reality is a direct outcome of the past thoughts, intentions, and beliefs. But your future is not predestined by your past. By working patiently and intelligently on your thoughts, intentions, and beliefs, you can remake your life and transform your circumstances. In Day by Day with James Allen, his essay has been broken into a separate section for each day of the month. And for the 23rd day of the month, he shares, your thoughts brought you here. You are today where your thoughts have brought you. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. Dr. Walter Staples, author of the book, Think Like a Winner, says people have in their lives today exactly what they keep telling their mind they want. After all, if you can think yourself into it, then you know you can think yourself out of it. So start each day believing you can find a better way and remind yourself that no matter how hard it gets, you can get out of it. Patience and persistence. Remember the anonymous poem, when things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but just don't quit. I've shared many times that I have a series of prayers and affirmations I use each day to help me focus on positive thoughts. I do a morning and evening series of forgiveness prayers. I do a gratitude affirmation. I do ho'oponopono. I do unconditional love affirmations. And I collect a positive thought from the daily word produced by the Unity School of Christianity. And the daily word for Monday, July 23rd, says, I use my divine wisdom to make healthy choices for myself. These healthy choices are not just what you eat. It's what you put into your mind. It's the people you surround yourself with. It's the influences you bring into your personal circle. And as we head into Thursday's full moon lunar eclipse in Aquarius, It's critically important that you identify what is the true essence of who you are and how do you feed, nourish, and bring that out. We could spend an entire show on that topic alone, but we're getting close to the time to introduce our guest. As we move forward, remember, use your divine wisdom to make healthy choices for yourself. And that brings us to our guest for today. Jonathan Robinson is a psychotherapist, a professional speaker, and a best-selling author of 12 books. And we last spoke with Jonathan in, in June 2016 about his book, The Technology of Joy. And today we'll talk with him about his latest book, More Love, Less Conflict, a communication playbook for couples. A frequent guest on Oprah and CNN, he's with us today to share all things related to communication, 
relationships, and of course, how to create more love and less conflict in your life. Jonathan, welcome to Good Vibrations Radio. It's going to be fun to be here. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> okay. Well, good. That makes two of us. And everybody else who's on, I know they're all looking forward to this. But... So let's start with More Love, Less Conflict, a communication playbook for couples. And one of the things that I've personally experienced in relationships and in all those who want to share interpersonal communication skills or tips or whatever else but it always seems to me that it really requires two people to make that communication breakthrough that's so often needed. Is it possible for one person working with the guidelines of more love, less conflict to help turn around a relationship and open it up for the other party as well? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, 20 years ago, I wrote a book called communication miracles for couples and uh, I got on Oprah, and Oprah loved the book, so it did well. And I got a lot of email from people asking basically the same questions. So when I was 20 years later trying to write another book on communication, I included just methods that only required necessarily one person to make it work. And it wasn't easy to find some of these methods. You know, it takes two to tango, but I wanted it so that one really skilled communicator could totally transform the communication and the relationship. So I think uh, I now know, actually, because I work with prisoners, uh, you know, murderers, rapists, and I've been able to have really incredibly close contact, intimate connection with them. And it's not based on their communication skills, so I assume it's based on mine. And so I have seen also with the couples I counsel that if one person's really good, the other person really has to go along. Well, one of the things I, I liked in More Love, Less Conflict was the idea of, and, and I've tried this in my, my uh, last marriage, which is no longer, but I tried this to really do the list of those things that trigger me. You know, for instance, yeah. when you say this, when you do that, and then go through the process of trying to talk through not so much of don't do that. Let's talk through why I'm getting triggered and maybe you can help me with the triggering and the same thing for you. And I found it's partly with led to my first question. I found that there was a reticence on the part of my partner because some people are just not willing to really go to that level of personal intimacy, even when they're in an intimate relationship. Yeah, well, people aren't willing to do things if there's not enough safety and appreciation. So before doing an advanced exercise like that, which I have in the More Love, Less Conflict book, I recommend that people, in a way, um, fill up their emotional bank account. You know, uh, if you have a million dollars between you two, you know, and it's feeling fantastic, then you can ask somebody to do an exercise like that, which is difficult. But if that person doesn't feel that good about you or things aren't going so well, that's not a good place to start. So in, in the book, I offer a lot of like, hey, if things aren't going so well, try this. If things are you know, pretty good and you want to go deeper, try this. And really, there's like 40 methods. So you get to pick which one is, is workable for you based on where you're at and where your partner's at. 
some of them don't even require anything from your partner. They just require, uh, for example, to receive a appreciation. You don't get many partners who say, no, I don't want your sincere appreciation, you know. So, so something will work for everyone. Well, it strikes me, and, and perhaps this is part of what led to more love, loss, less conflict. We'll see. But it, it strikes me that most people don't recognize two things. And I think they're both integrated. One is that relationships really require work. They're not mm-hmm. like putting a seed in the ground and just letting it grow. You know, you have to kind of water and nurture it, as you're saying. You've got to build up that emotional bank account. And the second thing is, is to truly understand your partner also requires work. So you can work on the relationship and never understand your partner. But you can go, to me, it's always like it's a different level. It's a deeper level. It's a more intimate level. And not everybody seems to be cut out for that. They don't. I I guess I keep coming back to it strikes me that some people are very comfortable at a surface level. And if they can be left alone at a surface level, there is no conflict. It's only when you try to get beneath that that sometimes the conflict erupts. Is that been any of your experience? Well, I agree with you that it takes more skill as people are more afraid or more resistant. But if you get really good methods, you know, like, for example, uh, we're talking across a couple states, and it doesn't take a whole lot of skill for me to do this. All I have to do is move my finger on a, on a pad, and we're immediately connected. Now, you go back 150 years, to talk to you across the states would, would require ridiculous amounts of skill. You'd have to be the best psychic in the world. So what I'm trying to do is make certain methods so ridiculously simple that even a total idiot can do them because sometimes I'm a total idiot and I'm stressed out and I'm upset and I don't know how to do that complicated method, but I can maybe fill in the blank in a a sentence with two words. And if I can do that and the method's good enough, then it still works. For example, my wife and I used to argue a lot 20 years ago when we got married. Well, we haven't had an argument in five years that's because we came up with a method that required two words and it eliminated 100% of our arguments. Now, even somebody who's easily angered like me can still do that. Uh, those two words happen to be yellow light. And, you know, when we're, when we're starting to get upset at each other, either of us can say the words yellow light. And that means that we have to take two minutes to be quiet and breathe deeply. And by the end of those two minutes, usually I'm not in that momentum of upset and she isn't either so we re-engage our rational brain and we just avoided a three-hour argument so if you make the method simple enough i think most people will use them if they feel like you're not trying to manipulate them well who who do you believe more love less conflict is for who's the who's the true audience for it well, in reality, I think it's uh, for people who happen to be human. Because, you know. <laughs> no farm animals, huh? All no right. farm animals. Uh, you know, dogs, no, you know, they already know how to do that pretty well. Um, you know, we, we, it's marketed towards couples because couples, that's where you feel the most pain of difficult communication. 
But really the same methods work with your children, with your teenager, with your boss, with your friend, with the groceries clerk. It's because human beings are all the same. They all want uh, understanding and empathy and appreciation, no matter who they are. So uh, really, once you learn the principles and a bunch of methods that work for you, you kind of have a friend for life. And it's almost like a superpower because wherever you go, you know exactly how to communicate in a way to get what you want. Uh, it's no longer a mystery. You're no longer hanging your head against the wall. Yeah, I um, I think many people, and you probably see this in your practice, don't recognize that things have gotten bad till they're really bad. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. The average couple waits six years from having a problem to getting professional help. You know, imagine yeah. you did that with a doctor. You know, you have a pain in your stomach and you wait six years. You know, the doctor would say, well, the cancer's all through your body. You're going to die tomorrow. Yeah. Which happens. <laughs> that, that does it happen. Does, it does. <laughs> that happens more with, with interpersonal uh, issues and, and therapists. But, you know, I'm not a big fan of therapy, really, uh, even though I'm a therapist, because I think people can learn to do this themselves. Um, you know, they don't need to pay somebody 150 bucks an hour. They can just learn certain phrases or simple tools to communicate. And when you really understand your partner, then things go better. You know, I never have a couple come into my office and say, uh, Jonathan, we really understand each other. Um, that's why we want a divorce, <laughs> you know. But a lot of times people don't have the tools to really understand their partner and go beyond blame because that's the language we learn in this culture. Yeah, and one of the reasons I kind of came with you at the questions I did is because in my last marriage, what happened, and probably my, I doubt I'll have another, but in my last marriage, what happened is, is, is my wife kept keeping her communication to herself. And you talked about a safe space, and it didn't matter what I did or what I didn't do. It was just something she chose to do. And she's now confessed all this to me, of course, you know, that, uh -huh. and, and, and apologized for it. But it, 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 that's why I kept saying it didn't matter what I was trying or what I was doing or what I was reaching out for. She had an issue that caused her to go within that wasn't about me. Yeah. And as a result, yeah. it just kept building a bigger and bigger, like maybe she should have been building Trump's border wall because she got it built. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> you know? But, you know, with, with somebody like that, um, if you understand each other and, and there's no blame, sometimes, you know, relationships um, do need to change because people have different interests and values as to what they want to do in life. But even in those situations, which can be traumatic to, to you know, let go of a long-term relationship, um, my criteria of success is that can the couple do it with love and a lack of blame? And I find that if their communication is, is good enough, they can, even if they really are at a place where they shouldn't be together. You know, sometimes you really shouldn't because they're going to the left and you're going to the right. It doesn't make sense anymore, but if your communication is good, you can make that a lot less traumatic. Well, I understand that. I'm I'm not Buddha. I'm I have 
I may never see anything close to enlightenment in my lifetime, but if maybe I will. But my, my real point about the lack of communication is that the lack of communication, I think, in many relationships becomes the norm that they accept. They set a new yeah. low bar. And so, yeah. and so what we see is we see a lot of this, and this wasn't the case in mine, but we see a lot of this sniping from the corner, you know, like, yeah. like two wrestlers or two boxers in their corners. And the sniping is, well, that's just Bob, you know, Bob, you can never get him to do anything. Uh, well, that's my wife. You know, I just, I just nod and act like I'm listening, you know, and that becomes the norm of the relationship. And in one sense for me, that's sad. You know, absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, coming from a, a, a New York Italian American family where everybody shouted as the normal way of speaking. Sometimes it, 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 I'd almost feel better if they were yelling at each other than if they're just taking each other for granted. You know, right, uh, right. I, and and you're right that that does become a norm. And it's really sad because, you know, we're here to connect. We're here to love. And you know, relationships are really the key to happiness. You know, in real estate, they say, um, you know, uh, uh, location, location, location. But in the happiness research, they say the number one, number two, and number three thing that leads to happiness is the quality and quantity of your relationships. So I find it interesting that most people have no rela- no communication training. You know, for something that they're doing every waking moment, they literally have not studied it for even an hour. But the good news is if you do study it for an hour and you get some good methods, it really changes every aspect of your life because now you can communicate in a way that really touches people. It really speaks to them. And everybody gets their needs met a lot more if they know how to speak this kind of new language. And I know, you know, people like to have very broad swaths of things and say, just as you said, this book is for, for all humans. I actually, and this is me, I'm not your publicist, your marketeer, or you. <laughs> I think that yeah. this is for people who consciously want to communicate. Uh-huh. Because yeah, if, that's true. Be, because, no, you don't have to say it's true, because I don't want you to narrow your audience. <laughs> <laughs> but but my thing is is I've uh, through the years uh, I, I'm I, I'm big on communication I'm big on back and forth I'm big on saying you know when you drop the pan it reminds me of a time back in Korea you know I mean I'm big on those things yeah you know uh, I'm big on saying here's why I'm doing this that doesn't mean you need to agree with me I'm just that's the way I'm cut. So so I'm big on saying, here's why I do these things, or here's why I feel that way, or here's why I think I react that way, or here's this type of thing. But at the same time, there are people who don't want that amount of information or connection ever. And I'm just referring to what happened in with my ex Mm -hmm. and just in general. And so if you don't want to communicate at that level, you could read for this book every day from start to finish and it may never help you because you don't want that but i think people who consciously want to have i think the most intimate thing about a relationship is is truly connected communication and yeah because that makes that's the grease that makes the wheels turn you know it makes the sex good it makes the working through problems easy it makes having fun easier 
So uh, that's really the thing where, you know, you, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Because let's say, for example, you know, most couples, they get really into blame. You know, who's right and who's wrong? And, of course, it's not me who's wrong. You know, I, I used to blame my wife for stuff. And never once when I blamed her and told her how wrong she was, did she ever say, yeah, now I see what you're talking about. Thank you for showing me the errors of my ways. I'll have to change. That never happened. You know, it was a fantasy of mine, but it never happened. So once I learned how to how to communicate without blame, she could hear what I had to say much more easily, and we didn't have to, you know, go into the sniping. We now we you know issues come up, but we work them out in like seconds rather than hours because there's no blame involved. There's no who's right and who's wrong. It's just um, trying to understand each other and then working out solutions. That's a real, that, that's a, you know, that's worth like a million dollars as far as I'm concerned. So let's, um, let's take, I'm, I'm the partner in the relationship then that wants more love, less conflict, wants better communication with my partner. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know if my partner wants that or not. I don't know if my partner has been turned off by, let's say maybe I was blaming or whatever else. What would be... Uh, one or or two techniques you would want me to take away from more love, less conflict to start trying to work on to see if I could open up those doors of of connection and communication. Sure. Well, a real simple thing, you know, men or women will sometimes say to a man, we need to talk, which the man here says, A, I'm in trouble and this is going to take forever. So that's, you know, they need to associate that communication leads to what they want, not to trouble and difficulty. So the first thing I would do is I would start telling your partner little things that you appreciate about them. Um, Because most people like to hear that as long as they're sincere. You know, like, for example, something I noticed about you, uh, Solazar, that I appreciate is that you're very, uh, you speak your mind very clearly. Uh, there's, you're not holding back. You're very much yourself. And it makes it easy to communicate with you because I know exactly what you're thinking. You don't hide the way some people do. And I really like that. Now, it's unlikely upon me saying that, you, that you're going to clam up and say, I don't want to talk to you. You know? So first, people can start with appreciations and then you can start with really easy questions that get that person to um, that helps you to understand your partner questions like you know what's your favorite thing to do nowadays and how can we do more of it you know most people are interested in answering that Um, so I think that if you find the right method you can get people to feel safe and open up uh, as long as you're not you know, pushing too hard and as long as you're not threatening. Because some people, every time they say something, their partner clamps them down. They say, oh, that's ridiculous. Or you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Or that's not right at all. How could you think that? You know, if you do those types of things, your partner will soon learn not to say anything. Yeah, yeah. I also found with with relationships, this is not just my is that I always have a need to know. And so I would say things like, well, why do you do it that way? 
And people always took it as if I was criticizing what they were doing instead of trying to understand, why do you do it that way? You know, and I, I had to learn to kind of back that down and, and, and find alternate ways of just trying to, all I'm trying to do is understand why they do it. I'm not trying to change it. But I find right. for a lot of people that becomes uh, a challenge that it's not meant to be. Yeah. So, well, you know what? Sometimes really simple phrases can help. Like, for example, in a situation I'm very curious too. So I'll say, God, I find that really interesting what you're doing. Uh, that's fascinating. Um, but I'm curious. So why do you do it that way? Yeah. I'm sure you have a good reason, but I don't understand what it is. Would you be willing to tell me? That that type of thing will take the edge off somebody saying, so why are you doing it that way? Because people are a lot more afraid than we think they are. People are a lot more defensive than we think we are. they are. So we mm-hmm. have to figure out ways to create basically more love, less conflict, by creating a large amount of safety, a large amount of understanding and empathy, and then people blossom and love blossoms. So I'm very hopeful. You know, I used to be a horrible communicator, and I had no friends as a teenager and uh, had, didn't have a good relationship or any relationship that worth mentioning until I was 30. So I kind of got into this out of desperation. And I saw that a lot of stuff really doesn't work or was too complicated. But when I found a method that really worked, I really used it. And so it's really like the, the methods that I found that generally can be done in under 15 seconds that work, because that's what worked for me. Hmm. And, uh, you know, if you try enough things, you'll see that certain phrases or certain words just work for your partner, work for you. You know, I tell women, instead of complaining to men, the blame, complain, shame method, say, gee, honey, I could really use your help with something. Yeah, you know, because yeah. men love to be a hero. If you invite them to be of help to you and you show your appreciation, men are like, they do a 180. You know, they practically yeah. stop in mid-sentence and, you know, drop everything. So little things can make a huge difference from my perspective, and you just have to find what those things are. So in your practice, as you deal with couples, what do you think, Obviously, communication is an issue, but what seems to be the real key core issue that that defines most problems in relationships? Well, there's two. One is that the couples are blaming each other and the couples don't understand each other. So I teach them how not to blame each other. And I teach them to understand each other. Once they've well, done that, they don't need me and they can get those methods in the, in the More Love, Less Conflict book. So they don't need me. You know, I'm yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because you... You cover all that in more love, less conflict. Actually, those exactly, are exactly, exactly. I'm trying not. I'm trying to retire. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, uh, I wrote the book so I didn't have to see any more clients, and, and so far it seems to be you know, working in that well. I mean, working well in that you know people buy the book instead of see me. It's a lot cheaper. So um, those are always the two issues, and. You know, take like people say, well, how, you know, if your partner's wrong, how do you not blame them? Because we, they've never learned that. Well, there are certain things you can do. Like, for example, if you take a little bit of responsibility, it opens it up for your partner to take responsibility. So, you know, uh, last week my wife did something where uh, she was involved in a fender bender and she blamed me for it. I wasn't in the car at the time, so I thought that was strange. 
Um, so I said, yeah, well, I can see that I contributed to this in that um, I, I uh, made you stressed out last night. And because, you know, we had an interaction that was stressful to you, you probably, you know, weren't paying close attention. And I apologize that I contributed. Now, I didn't contribute a lot to this. I mean, it was a different day. I wasn't in the car. But by saying that, she then said, well, and to tell you the truth, I was fiddling with the radio when, when, you know, they stopped in front of me. I should have paid more attention. And then she apologized, and we hugged, and it was over. So little things like that could help you to avoid the who's right, who's wrong, blame game. That really never goes anywhere. Yeah, actually, it turned out, just to let you know the the level of it, it turned out that my wife had been having an affair for three and a half years, which I knew nothing about, although I Uh had at at different times saw the distance growing between us. But the Mm -hmm. affair was an outcome of her hiding from me for about six years about some things going on with her that she chose not to share with me. And and so then she ended up in this affair and then she left me and we divorced. And just last year, she decided to come clean and tell me all the truth. And one of the first things I did is I told her when she shared what she had been going through, I actually shared and said, I'm so sorry that you felt that alone and that uh, removed that you couldn't open up and share with me. That was the first Uh thing I said to her, you know, and uh, it that was just fortuitous on my part. But I will say this as the person going through it on the other side, when she was not around sharing or explaining to this, I was blaming. I was horrific, but I wasn't blaming her in person. And so what I want to share for the listeners is that I also think as part of those stages of grief and loneliness and sorrow, and whatever's going on with relationships, we've got to have an outlet for it. But what you're sharing to us is, Let's not make the other person the punching bag for our, as our outlet. Yeah, it won't do any good if you're, you know, if you're trying to get to love. First of all, what do you want? You know, if you just want to destroy oh, winning the relationship, lottery ticket, that's all I want. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> if, you, if you want to end the relationship, do whatever you want. But if you want love, then love has certain things, methods, approaches that work, and certain things that don't, and. So I tried to put in, I think we all want love. I think we all want understanding and empathy. But we don't necessarily know methods are so reliably consistent and easy that even when stressed, we can do it. So, you know, by by saying certain phrases, by, by uh, completing certain sentences, making it really simple, I think if you make it simple enough, people really do want to get back to that place of forgiveness, love, connection. Yeah. And in I, this I, world, we're so polarized that sometimes we've given up hope. But I think that it's actually closer than most people realize. You know, you mentioned something about temper. I'll just share this. My entire life, I, I, I've had a temper. Uh, always had a mm-hmm. temper. For years and years, people would say, oh, you shouldn't be angry. And then it took me years to recognize, no, I should be angry. I just need to learn how to handle the anger better. There's two different yeah. things. You know, don't, yeah. don't say like, well, you shouldn't breathe in here. No, I got to breathe. Um, <laughs> so, so there's a level of it that, that, that we understand. That being said, is, is I've found 
that through my process of trying to assess the source of my anger, my anger, the things, like I say, that would, would trigger me and everything else, that it is far better for all of us to try to resolve everything in an amicable, loving way. It's just not easier than, you know, throwing off some snide comment or some nasty remark and saying, hey, I got the better of that one. That's easier. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the well, day, it, it, you feel better when you've done it in a loving, amicable way where you haven't compromised yourself, but you haven't tried to damage someone else. Yeah, it takes it takes conscious effort or skill or method to uh, go against our reptilian brain, which will generally want to you know destroy the other person. So, yeah, it does take a little bit of effort. The key, though, is to make that effort really, really simple, like the yellow light method. All I have to say is two words, and we ended every argument we'd ever had. Well, that's a payoff. I'm willing willing to say two words to avoid 10 hours of torment per week. You know, so really it involves, I think, um, some deliberateness, but being that I'm lazy, I tried to make that (laughs) deliberateness as easy as possible. Well, but I think, I I don't know if you could call it lazy because you're talking about you. But I also think the more direct and simple something is, the more readily people will adopt it. Yeah, that's true. It's it's so easy to eat cake. You know, it really is. It takes effort not to eat cake. It's easy to eat cake. We have to learn a simple way of not eating cake, like not having it in the house or something. Exactly. uh, But... We also get, you know, everything we do on a daily basis is some form of communication, whether it's text, which I hate, uh, email, which I've learned to live with, but we're doing some level of communication. What do you think is the best overarching rule for saying when we're establishing or continuing communication with someone, whether it's by text or email or phone or face-to-face, what are some things that we can keep in mind to try to actually ensure a better outcome, a more connected communication? Well, uh, I'll say several. One is appreciation that you that lead with that because that helps people feel safer. And even, you know, the most despicable person on earth I can think of, maybe, or no longer on earth, Osama bin Laden. You know, if you had to say an appreciation about him, I'd say, well, that guy was really good at hiding, you know? Or that guy really knew how to uh, inspire uh, certain people who were crazy, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> even with the most despicable person on earth, I could find something that I appreciate. Um, now, that being said, uh, other than appreciation, empathy is really key. People want it when they, they often don't care what you have to say until they feel that you care. So... Being able, you know, Oprah's a good example. Here's a woman who was so poor, she never lived in a house that even had a toilet growing up. She was raped twice by the time she was 14, had a stillborn child, was in jail, and was in the retarded class in school. 20 years later, 25 years later, she's the most loved person on the entire planet. So I asked her, first time I was on her show, how'd that happen? And she said, well, I didn't have anything going for me other than the fact that I cared for people. 
So every day I vowed to show them that I cared and that I felt with them. I felt their pain. I felt their joy. And then she said, looks like that turned out pretty good. You know, so one little skill can be like a superpower. Um, another thing when it comes to good communication is asking and really being curious about how your communication is being interpreted. Like, is that true what I'm thinking or is that true what you want? You know, we don't ask those questions. And sometimes there's all kinds of misinterpretations. So I would say really asking and being interested in the other person's well-being, not assuming that you know. Uh, and the, another thing is that certain types of communication or, or um, uh, vehicles like email and text are not that great for deep communication. You know, I call them WMDs, uh, which stands for Widgets of Mass Distraction. You know, they, they get information across, but they don't, they're not good for deep communication. You know, a thousand Facebook friends does not equal one really good friend who's there by your side. So we have to realize that we have to take time to really be with people, not just send them a text over here now and then. Yeah. And I, um, I, I keep telling people, and I don't know about the text community, but that email is not for discussions. Email is a transport. It's for passing yeah. pieces of information. It's not for discussion. Pick up a phone or meet in person, but don't use email. Don't use text for long dialogues. It, it doesn't work. I agree. Work. I agree. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, diamonds are really nice, but you, know, you don't want to use them for scrubbing toilets. They, you could use them for scrubbing toilets, but you know, better that you use diamonds for something else. And and uh, and smartphones are good for some things, and they're not uh, good for other things. Same with email and texting and all those other forms of communication. So, what do you? Th oh, yeah. So, empathy is probably the biggest thing you said. Appreciation and empathy. If we try to have those toward other people. We're at least open to hear what they want to say. And as you said earlier, probably the key thing about all of us is all of us want to be understood, period. And yeah. we can provide that to the other person, even if we don't get that in return. And I think that's a key, too, although I don't remember it coming out in more love, less conflict. But it's the idea of if I still want for me, it's the, the story of Dale Carnegie. But when Lady Astor met him at a dinner party in New York in the 30s, she said, Mr. Carnegie, I hear you're the most interesting man and in New, interesting conversationalist in all of New York. And he said to her, I've heard that as well. So tell me about you. Yeah, and, yeah, and that, right. That's the nature of it. If, if we want to be understood, we have to first start by understanding and listening, which you talk about in More Love, Less Conflict. We have to listen before we speak. Yeah, and there's different qualities of listening. There's, you know, you can develop that skill. Oprah has a very high ability that way. Uh, other people, much lower. But it's a skill that you can learn. And when you do, and people feel gotten by you, feel like when somebody feels like you really understand them and you get them, then they become really interested in, in connecting with you and understanding you. So uh, it's kind of like the St. Francis prayer. You give what you want to receive. Yeah, and I think 
you point that out also is that communication is not necessarily, even as we're doing here, which is different, but it's not necessarily this back and forth. You tell me yours, I tell you mine. You tell me yours, I tell you mine. It really is about getting that understanding of the other person. If you want to be a good communicator, if you want to connect with your friends, your partners, your relationships, we've got to listen to hear what they're trying to say. We have to ask for confirmation about what we think they're saying. And then we have to yeah. try to understand it from them, not from us. I'm yeah. sorry. You... So, so the way you describe it, it sounds like it could be complicated or laborious. I find it's a great freedom that I, I feel like I've gotten a lot better in the last 10 years, um, that it's like a superpower, you know, <laughs> in that wherever I go, I can create love and my biggest problem in life is I have so many people who want to spend time with me now. You know, this is different than when I was in my 20s where nobody wanted to spend time with me. <laughs> um, so, and people say that, you know, they just like being around me because the discussions and the connection feels really deep. And it's very noticeable to me because it wasn't like that before. But as my communication got better, as I learned certain skills that were pretty easy, um, you know, love is uh, is a pretty a miraculous thing. You know, wherever you go, you can make love, and you don't have to have sex with everybody. You know, you can do it with the grocery store clerk, or or, <laughs> or your brother, even, or your your mother, and and um, it it you know, I can't think of another skill that a few hours, a couple hours of practice can literally transform your life because. Uh, if you learn something that helps with your communication and it works for you, you really do have a friend for life. So I, I find that it's, you know, I, I hope I'm not coming off as a proselytizer or overly enthusiastic. No. I just no. find that it just makes a real difference. And, and most people, in my opinion, this is me speaking frankly, are, think that they're good communicators and they're horrible. Like mm. on a one to 10 scale, most people think they're an eight and I see them as a two mm. because they don't know what's possible. And, you know, everybody, if everybody around you is a two on the one to 10 scale, you might think I'm doing okay. And you are um, compared to everybody else, but compared to what's possible, uh, it, it looks really deficient from my point of view. So what would you like us to take away from More Love, Less Conflict, a communication playbook for couples? I, I like people, whether they buy my book or not, to invest in learning a little bit more about communication. Um, on my website, I have, like, for example, the 12 questions that lead to instant intimacy. Now, you can do that with a partner. It's a free download at morelovelessconflict.com. Um, and you can print out those questions and ask anybody, your partner or a friend, one of these questions, and you'll see that, wow, that was a really great connection and conversation. And once you see what's possible, you'll hopefully be inspired to take the next step and learn a little bit more. And I think the world really needs it now. You know, there's so much polarization and, you know, blame. If you're one of those people that can bring love into your relationships and, and into your life, then then people are going to seek you out, and it's going to be a great service. 
One thing I want to share with the listeners as well, on top of what you said, is that this is an easy-to-read book. It's accessible. It's the type you can pick up, put down, pick up, put down, and keep coming back to it, and you're not going to lose your place. You're not going to say, hey, what was that I just read? It's uh, it's it's completely made accessible to the to the average person to be able to read, understand, and apply. And I really, truly appreciate that part of it. So it's a keeper. Well, thank you, Sullivan. I appreciate that. I, I tried to do that because those are the only types of books I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it goes back to something you shared also, that if it seems like it's complicated, people just aren't going to do it, no matter how well-intentioned it may be. This is truly yeah. accessible. And so I encourage people, are there any events or anything coming up that you would like to uh, let people know about or invite them to or just share? Uh, actually, I'm doing an event now, but that's already passed. So um, I, I think people should go go to the website, you know, morelovelessconflict.com. They can read the first chapter for free. They can download the 12 questions of instant intimacy. If they're interested, they can buy the book. And um, start learning. And that would be payment enough for me, is that people get inspired to figure out ways to bring more love into the world. Well, and... And with that, I want to, Jonathan, I want to thank you for joining us here today. And if you don't mind, I'd like to do a little close from the Beatles. That... Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but Jonathan, thank you so very much for being flexible and being able to work around the scheduling so that we could talk today and for sharing more love, less conflict with the world. I think it's a true treasure, and I hope people will pick it up and learn to communicate more from a place of appreciation, empathy, and love. Yeah. Well, my uh, thanks for the great questions and for what you're doing, and uh, hopefully our paths will cross again. I'm sure they will. Thank you so much. I want to let folks know that you can connect with Jonathan through his website, findinghappiness.com and morelovelessconflict.com, or you can link to his site through the guest page of Good Vibrations Radio. So I mentioned this a little bit at the beginning, but for this week of July, focus on the transformation that's coming with the full moon lunar eclipse on Thursday. This will be the longest lunar eclipse of the century. It isn't visible in North America, but that won't diminish its impact on your life. The eclipse marks the halfway point of the Leo Aquarius access eclipses, which began last summer. So they're bringing up themes and issues from the summer of 1998 through the summer of 2000. Look at what you were going through. Look at what was prominent in your life. Those issues that are not healed or are not fully healed from that period or time are going to come back up for you to deal with now in this present. Now, all the drama will point to your own self-actualization. As Oscar Wilde said, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. So this is about who are you? So over the next six months, we're going to go through a transition. So pay attention to when you are being you. 
If you were to walk away from that encounter, would you say, I was me in that encounter? The next thing is, who actually gets you? Who seems to understand the you that you really are? Who applauds for you? Who burns brighter because of you? People that you helped, assisted, or guided. Who doesn't notice you're in the room? And who's trying to rain on your parade? I'm not saying to pick fights with anybody, but I'm trying to go back to the very beginning where we said, who's in your orbit? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Do they lift you up or pull you down? Now, this full moon lunar eclipse will push the over and done with it button for a lot of people. Okay, I've had it with you. I'm done with that. I'm no longer doing that. The moon is opposing Mars, which is creating those large flare-ups. It won't be slow build-ups. Now, we're going to have the full moon uh, reach its its peak about 1.40 in the afternoon on Thursday, Pacific time. So, And we can't see it, so don't worry about it. You're not going to see the eclipse. But at the same time, that day, Mercury goes retrograde, which is going to lead to amplified communication confusion fueled by that moon and Mars opposition. So with Mercury retrograde, we're going to have six planets in retrograde, including we have have Chiron and Aries that went retrograde July 4th. Mars, which is in Aquarius, which went retrograde June 26th. Neptune in Pisces went retrograde June 18th. Scorpio in in Capricorn, uh, and Saturn in Capricorn went retrograde April 17th. And Pluto in Capricorn went retrograde April 22nd. Remember, retrograde is when the planet appears to be going backwards in the sky. Can't do it. Doesn't really happen. But it takes the energy of that and it drives it internal. Instead of externally seeing things internally, it's asking us to take that energy and change. This summer is about you. It's about Getting clear on who you really are. I don't care what life you're living. That doesn't matter. I don't care what your, who your friends think you are. That doesn't matter. Who are you? You need to get clear about that because it's time to start bringing that who out into the world. Do your inner work. Get clear on who you are and how you can shine brighter in the world. As James Allen shared, your thoughts brought you here. And your thoughts can take you from here. So as we close, I want to share once again the anonymous poem from Empower Astrology. In the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. I realized through it all that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. No matter how hard the world pushes against you within you, there's something stronger, something better pushing right back. Whatever you give, do so from your heart. Do your daily practice of gratitude by saying, thank you for everything. I have no complaints whatsoever. Choose to express From love in all encounters, I live and practice loving kindness in all situations. Accept yourself fully. I accept and love myself unconditionally. Open yourself 
fully to love using this affirmation, I surrender all to love. Express and heal your self-love through Ho'oponopono. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. You are not the victim. You have a choice. Thank you for listening to Good Vibrations Radio. We'll talk again Monday, 5 to 6 p.m., when Joyce Muse will share the celestial phenomenon for July and August. Until next week, remember, turn the lead in your life into gold. Thank you for listening. Many blessings. Namaste. Oh!